Welcome to the Drop Hunters podcast where we launch into all things NFL fantasy from down under. My name's Jasper Chalapa and today I'm joined by Ben Felosi. Ben, we don't have Todd with us this week. I think he got beaten too badly last week, but how did you go on the weekend? Uh, I'm actually the one who beat Todd, so <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks to Todd for that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm now sitting in fifth place, so I'm, I'm getting close to that, that top four, which I'll need for the playoffs. So I'm pretty happy with the result. Yeah, it's, it's become really tight at the top. I'm now equal first somehow after a pretty sluggish 0-3 start, um, which I'm pretty happy about. It's only 6-3 and three, though, so between uh, first and seventh, um, there's only two games splitting it, and obviously in last place is Dan Koppel, a friend of the show, <laughs> who uh, <laughs> is well and truly out of the playoff conversation now, five, four games back from the lead. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's sort of heating up now. I think the, the buy rounds have changed things up a lot. I think there were people that were looking really good at the start and sort of the buy rounds have hurt them a bit. Um, and then someone like me who sort of has done pretty well over the buy rounds, thankfully. It, it definitely tests your, your drafting uh, when you get deeper into those rounds and you start bringing those guys onto your field because there's a big difference between a guy who um, is hitting his straps during the buy rounds and, the, and a guy who's really just fallen out of favor in the, in the rotation. Um, looking at you, Brandon Ayuk, but Let's get into our calls from last week because you had a couple decent ones, but I did not do well at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I did say to start Michael Carter, which it did work out okay for me. So he didn't score what I was hoping for. He had 9.1, but that was partly because Mike White did go get injured and I was yeah. kind of reliant on Mike White to be playing because he sort of seemed to, to love throwing the ball to him. Um, but luckily for me, I started him over Mike Williams and CeeDee Lamb, who both had terrible weeks. So yeah. that actually worked out pretty well for me, thankfully. And you also had Cole Beasley. We had a bit of conjecture about this one. We, um, I think Todd was suggesting Emmanuel Sanders would go bigger than Cole Beasley. He definitely had the target share, though, old Cole. Uh, yeah, he only put up 7.3, but he led the team in receptions with eight, but only had 33 yards. So it's kind of like running back numbers that he was putting yeah. up in terms of the <laughs> yeah. average but he got plenty of the ball it's just that there was just no yardage to go along with it which kind of um it really sort of hurt his score and i guess yeah, yeah the, the bills just didn't look like the bills last week at all they just i don't know what was wrong with them there yeah well sanders had the 8.5 so it was pretty close in the end i think we'll give that one to todd just um you had Cortland sutton as well that was a that was a great decision to bet him uh, yeah, so only had two targets with the one reception for nine yards, so only three point four. So, yeah, another another guy who sort of he's been a bit up and down this year. He sort of he's had his good games, he's had his bad games. Jerry Judy's back now. He sort of it looks like Jerry Judy's the one they're going to be going getting the ball to. What do you think about the, that receiving corpse? Just quickly with the Broncos, it seems like Teddy Bridgewater is probably not sustainable to have um, three kind of starting caliber wide receivers. We've seen. Uh, Cortland Sutton really up and down with Jay Judy back now. And, and also Tim Patrick has, has lost a lot of his target share as well. So is it probably only Jay Judy that's um, a guy that you'd be bringing in and starting each week for, for the Broncos wide receivers? Uh, probably in terms of wide receivers, yeah. It's just they've sort of, they did that weird thing where they were using their running backs a lot at the start of the year, then stopped using them. And now they're using them again. So yep. I think it's sort of, they've kind of been playing around the team a bit. Like they, they're in a position to do it because they, you know, they're not, they know they're not going to make the playoffs. So they, they can play around with it a bit. But I just, 
I, I'm not really sort of, you can't really rely on anyone besides maybe Jerry Judy at the moment. And even then he sort of hasn't been sort of like that outstanding so far. Yeah. Well, they've got, they've got a guy coming back as well. Noah Fant, who is always a tight end option as well. So it'll be interesting to see how he fits into all of this because the Broncos, like you said, they've been a bit up and down. They're just, they're, they're running it and they're not running it. They're, they're being a bit weird right now. They obviously had that huge win over the Cowboys, but um, very hot and cold in my opinion. Let's get into the injury report because we did just mention Noah Fant should be back soon. A, a couple other guys coming back. We've got a lot of quarterbacks, some, some really good quarterbacks who have currently been sitting on our IRs. Russell Wilson, he'll be back and he's going to be taking on, um, this is going to be a huge game actually against Aaron Rodgers. I think he will probably be back as well. What do you expect out of these two guys coming back off IR? Obviously for different reasons, but um, Aaron Rodgers probably has a point to prove, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, definitely. A lot of people sort of last week were sort of throwing shots at him because of, you know, his sort of whole vaccination stance and stuff, which probably, you know, and we, we know he listens to all that stuff and, you know, isn't really, doesn't really like when the media sort of <laughs> has a go at him. So you yeah. saw we did after week one where everyone was sort of saying, you know, he's, has all that off, off uh, season stuff sort of affected him and he came out in week two and, you know, he's been great since then. So, yeah, I think he will have a point to prove. But at the same time, I think that Russell Wilson coming back for Seattle will probably rejuvenate them and we might see them sort of being, you know, a bit more competitive now and a bit more like the Seattle from last year, hopefully. Now we've got Kyler Murray. He's going to be touch and go, but I think he will play on the weekend as well with probably DeAndre Hopkins coming back too after that um, hamstring complaint. A couple of guys who aren't on the injury report, but they are just questionable for other kind of situations. Firstly, Odell, he's obviously not playing. He's a free agent right now. Ben, where do you think Odell's next destination is after this palaver that was his Brown stint? Oh, I think that it's Green Bay or maybe Seattle. Uh, yeah, I think Seattle. Do you reckon they're playing for his services on the weekend then? Because they're going <laughs> up against each other. <laughs> it, 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 it might just be. Um, I. I I think I'd like to see him in Green Bay just because I think having that second guy along with Devonta Adams, I think that could be a really dangerous offense. And the Green Bay might need to do that to go keep Aaron Rodgers happy and maybe you know keep him at the end of this season. But where do you reckon he goes? That's an interesting point, actually, because Rodgers, you know, the, the whole time he said he's leaving after this season and they're probably going to say goodbye to Devonta Adams if that happens. I would like to see him go to the Seahawks. I think that would be pretty awesome to have that three wide receiver kind of core in Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Um, another another one has been raised, and it's an interesting one. It's your Patriots, Ben. Do you, do you want Odell? Do you reckon Belichick can get the best out of him? I think that he would work pretty well on the page. I think Belichick would work out a way to, to get him to, to fit in and work with the system. But I just don't think he's going to come to the Patriots for just some reason. I just... I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, if he does come, hopefully he sort of, I think if anyone can sort of control Odell and sort of make him you know, a really good team player, I think it will be Belichick and that Patriot system. It's a bit like the Spurs, how they, you know, whenever someone comes into that organization, they absolutely remold them into a, a complete robot like Kawhi yeah. Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think they could get the best out of Odell, though. If the Browns kind of um, situation and culture probably wasn't the right scenario for him after, you know, how he fell out of the Giants organization. So I would really like to see him at the Pats. I think that would be a pretty cool fit. Um, you guys are five and four, still hunting that playoff spot. So I think there's, you know, it's a good opportunity to bring him in and, and try and see what you can make out of the rest of the season with Mac Jones. The other guys, now we've got Dalvin Cook, who is now in the middle of a legal dispute 
dispute that's just kind of broken over the over the course of the week. Um, it's a he says she says kind of one that will probably drag on. It is a civil suit, which is the good news. So he is eligible to still keep playing. Um, but it, I think Alexander Madison. Ben, I think he is an absolute must-grab off the waiver wire right now. He won't even be on the waiver wire. He'll be a free agent if he's still available in your league. I think he is a must-have just in case something goes south in this situation. Yeah, definitely. We saw those few weeks where Matheson filled in, filled in without Davin Cook. He pretty much did exactly what Davin Cook does and put up you know really good scores. So if Davin Cook, you know, we find out. Um, you know, just before the game, so he's not playing. Definitely get uh, Matheson in because he's going to probably put up another good score. And our last one is Nick Chubb, who's on the COVID um, health and safety kind of list, which brings us into this. Trying to punt it away for Auburn, he can kick the ball again. Sipos, he's a good kick. Yes, and Sipos's start as a player, as we are getting on field because they're going to go big this week. We've never been wrong about it. Now, Ben, you're trying to start Nick Chubb's handcuff. Yeah, Deanna Johnson, I think, is uh, an interesting one to look at. Obviously, with Chubb on the COVID protocols and no Kareem Hunt, who's still going to be out on IR. So, Johnson might be the only option for the Browns at running back. And we saw a few weeks ago when he was that sole running back, he was really productive 23.8 points. Rush for 146 yards, had a touchdown, received for 22 yards. Yeah. So I think it's a bit of a watch this space just to see if Chubb does come back before then. Um, but definitely, if he's not back, Johnson's a must-start, especially with the Browns' you know, run-centric offense. Is Johnson viable in that secondary role like we've seen with um, Kareem Hunt play really effectively early on in the season? He's obviously on the IR can they coexist as um, two running backs that you can start for the Browns now that Odell is out? I don't think so. What, what we've seen since the, the two weeks since Chubbs have come back, um, Johnson hasn't been hugely involved in the sort of rushing and barely involved in the, in the passing game. So I don't think so. But just because Chubbs coming back off COVID, they might be a little, they might use him a little less, which might put Johnson in a bit more. But I think this might be the last week where Johnson's an option because after this, Kareem Hunt, you know, is probably going to come back and Chubb's probably going to be back and you know, fully healthy again. So this might be his last sort of opportunity for the season, unfortunately, for him. Now, who's the other running back you've got um, in your starters this week? Uh, so James Connor, sort of another similar situation where he's going to be the sole running back um, for the Cardinals this week with Edmonds, unfortunately, out. So... He gets all the red zone work, as we've seen this year. He leads the league in touchdowns as well of 11. And he's going he's gonna to get all the runs now. So he's going to get the first down touches too. Um, he's going to be involved in the passing game, as we saw last week, uh, where he had you know, 77 receiving yards and a touchdown, which is sort of that bit that was missing from his game. So I think yeah. that you know, he's got a massive ceiling. If he's going to be rushing the ball, you know, for you know 80 plus yards and he's going to be able to get a few receiving yards and he's probably going to sneak a touchdown in there as well. So I think he's a definite must start this week. It was a genuine nightmare watching that game last week. Uh, firstly, the Cardinals without Kyler Murray just dismantling my 49ers. But secondly, I started Chase Edmonds. My opponent started Oh, James Connor, and you know how that one played out. 0.3 points from Chase Edmonds gets injured yeah. on his first rush, and Connor goes on to have three touchdowns and a huge score. Um, that was not a fun one to watch, but I persevered because I because I hate 
Um, I hate football. That's why I persevered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, who else have you got in your starters, Ben? Um, so I've got uh, Pat Fiermuth, um from the Steelers. So they're playing Detroit this week. And Big Ben might have found a new favorite target. Yeah. Um, he's, he's been looking for the tight end quite a bit uh, in the last sort of two weeks. And he's been pretty productive as well. Uh, so we sort of seen that he's been targeting him more than Chase Claypool as well, which is a bit interesting considering Claypool's probably their best receiver at the moment. Yeah. And he's, he's getting around 50 yards a game, you know, five catches. And then he's also been getting some touchdowns as well. So I think that he's just sort of a sneaky option to start, you know, if you're sort of struggling like I am to sort of find a consistent tight end from week to week. Um, I think he, he could have a pretty good week this week. And I think it's just worth the risk of starting him just in case or even just picking him up if he is on your waiver wire just because he, he could sort of be a, a second half uh, of the season player that could really, you know, be pretty productive for you. Yeah, Chase Claypool was an interesting one. He was one of my starts last week, and I expected most of those targets from Frymouth to go to Claypool um, as well as Deontay Johnson. But, you know, Big Ben, he's, he's rushed all the time. His, his offensive line isn't helping him out, and he's, he's just throwing, throwing it down, dumping it um, off to the tight end, who's making plays. Frymouth has been fantastic so far, and against Detroit, you know, he's going to have a huge, um, a huge game, in my opinion. I completely agree with you. Now, give me your last one, because he's been so up and down, Mike Williams. <laughs> Yeah, Mike Williams is a player a few weeks ago. I said you should uh, drop, and he ended up putting up, I think, 30 points. And since then, I said that I wasn't going to drop him. Um, and that hasn't really worked out too well. He put up <laughs> scores of yeah, 3.7, 2.9, and 6.8 in his last three starts. But I think that he has the potential to go big this week, um, especially and sort of put up those numbers we saw earlier in the season. We had big targets and big t- target numbers and big yardage. Um, so they're playing the Vikings. The Vikings ranked 27th in points allowed to wide receivers. Um, and we've seen teams that have sort of multiple offensive weapons like Dallas, Arizona, and Cincinnati be able to put up big scores on them in the passing game. So I think the Chargers can do similar. We've, you know, we know what their offense is like. So I think that Williams just sort of has his name written all over it and we could see him hopefully explode for another big score this week. Well, there's always a chance of OT against the Minnesota Vikings um, based on how their whole season has gone. They've they've played every single game as close as possible. It's been ridiculous. For me, I'll give you a tight end as well after Frymouth, and I think we have a fair few tight end options this week. TJ Hawkinson, now he had 11 targets before the bye, and, and we know that Jared Goff has just been pretty, pretty terrible, um, to say the least, this year. So... He's been kind of doing the same as Big Ben. He's been um, finding the tight end, the big boy, who's you know more open than than the wide receivers within the first five seconds of holding the ball. And I think um, that's going to continue on with TJ Hawkinson. He's probably the best wide receiver. Um, he's probably the best receiver, I should say, for the Detroit Lions. And I think he's going to have a really good game here. Wouldn't be surprised if he found the end zone like he has a few times this season. And we saw against. Um, the 49ers it, obviously you need that rest period beforehand but they're coming off the bye um, first week against the 49ers he had 21 points and he looked absolutely fantastic he looked a million bucks and it was probably the highest his trade value has been all season because it hasn't quite reached those heights since but I think TJ Hawkins is going to have a really good game here um, in that same matchup so hopefully that comes to fruition 
The other one here for me is Elijah Moore. Now, he had two touchdowns last week. Most of them, you know, they were, a lot of his receptions were in garbage time because the Jets just, you know, went down in that really high-scoring um, game. But his targets over the last few weeks have been steadily climbing and, you know, they've had injuries, the Jets. And Mike White, we saw um, Johnson in there. We've seen, obviously, um, Wilson in there. So, you know, it, it doesn't seem to matter who's under center right now. He's just, you know, bobbing up and, and finding um, pockets of space with his, with his uh, not size, but his speed. He's, he's, I think he's only five foot 10, but um, the rookie wide receivers look really good, Elijah Moore. And I think he'll, he'll continue to have really good games and hopefully find the end zone again. I think there's every chance he, he catches a bomb as well um, because he is the deep threat for that side too. Now, the final one for me, another wide receiver, Marvin Jones Jr. Now, this kind of goes against um, a few trends that we've seen with his numbers, um, but this is more of just a play against a, a defense who have been giving up a lot of um, points to wide receivers, and that's the Colts. Now, we, is Trevor Lawrence the most reliable quarterback? No, but I think... Marvin Jones Jr. should still be his first option above like the likes of James Agnew and, and Leviscus Cheneau. Um, We've seen how good he can be in the past, and I think he's probably due to find the end zone. So I think Marvin Jones, you've got to persevere with him. I think I'm going to be starting him this week um, and hopefully produces for me. Yeah, definitely with Marvin Jones. He was a guy kind of similar to Hawkinson who was you know really good at the start of the year, but it's kind of dropped off a bit. So I think that you know uh, Detroit and... Um, the Jags probably need to go back to finding those receivers who are working at the start and you know trying to go get them involved again. Jordan Mailata, Jordan Mailata, Jordan Mailata. Now let's get on to Mailata's matchup miss, the players that we should be sitting on our benches this week because they're going to have a stinker. I'll let you go first, Ben. You've got a really big write-up on one of these guys because you're going to take. it's going to need to be some convincing going into this one. Yeah, so I, I don't like DJ Moore at all. And it's because he's fallen to a bit. Wow, what did he do to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, I got him in my other league and he's just had week after week where he's just been, hasn't been great at all. <laughs> um, he's in a bit of a form slump, but I don't think it's completely his fault. I think it's partly because you know, Donald just, the, what we saw from Donald in the first three or four weeks and what we've seen in the last five weeks is just a completely different quarterback. Yeah. You know, he's been. He hasn't. He's been throwing picks. He hasn't been able to go find the ball to to more at all. But he hasn't. He's only scored in the double digits once in the last five games. And you know, for someone who's got him, it's just starting to you know, hurt me as a fantasy owner because he was doing so well at the start of the year. But um, you know, he's only getting small yardage. He hasn't had the touchdown since week four. And I know Donald's not playing this week, and PJ Walker is going to be coming in. But when Donald got uh, benched a few weeks ago when he was you know wasn't playing great. PJ yep. Walker didn't look that much better. It was a small sample size, but he only completed twenty one point four percent of his passes. So I think that Moore's not worth starting um, until we see a bit more sort of reliable quarterback play, and especially with Christian McCaffrey now back, they might look to get him a bit more involved. Um, especially running the ball with Walker in. And he's going to take away some of those passing opportunities as well, just because we know what you know McCaffrey offers on both ends. Yeah, we saw last week McCaffrey in limited game time as well against the Patriots. He had four receptions for 54 yards. That's only going to increase. Uh, we know how good a player he is. He was drafted number one overall in all leagues for a reason. For me... There's some there's some guys here that who have put up really good fantasy seasons, but 
I'm going to do my best to convince you all to bench them. Damian Harris. Now he has been on fire recently, but this is just a, this is a matchup that just does not work in his favor. And plus he's coming out of that concussion protocol. He's still questionable to play on the weekend. Now the Browns have a fantastic rush D. I think they're top five in the league and Harris last week, he only had the 30 rushing yards um, averaged about two rushing yards per attempt which is pretty dismal. Um, obviously, with that concussion protocol, uh, it's going to be you know a game-time decision for the Patriots. But I just don't think he gets as many snaps, even if he does play. And I think they're just going to lean on their um, running back corpse to, to get the job done here in this spot against the Browns, who are also you know lacking a lot of bodies for running backs. I, just, I don't see how Damian Harris has a big game here unless he finds the end zone a couple of times. And you know, that may happen because he's been fantastic this season. But... I don't think your boy is going to get the job done, Ben. Yeah, just like this pick. We did see last week that the Patriots sort of, it's probably the first time they've really sort of shown off sort of how deep their, their running back uh, sort of group is. We saw the you know, Brendan Bolden and Stevenson as well go get pretty involved uh, too. So I think that, you know, offering that sort of different running back options and having sort of, you know, guys a bit more fresh will probably work against Cleveland, especially with how good that defensive line is. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of with you here. I'm not sort of completely sold on Damian Harris, you know, putting up you know massive score this week. He has been the most reliable um, asset to own for the Patriots so far, but I don't think this week is the week for old Damian Harris. The second one for me. Now we have a lot of tight end options. We named two of them for our starters um, who should be coming on, but. A guy you should be sitting is Jared Cook. He only had the four targets last week for the Chargers. He did make them county. He caught them all, but. Uh, the Vikings are so restrictive against tight ends, and I'm not sure this is going to be a game for Jared Cook to get heavily involved in the offense. There are just better options than Cook at the moment, um, in my opinion. Like like Fant coming off um, IR as well as Brian Muth um, is a really good option. I think Zach Ertz is a pretty good option right now as well for the Arizona Cardinals. So I think uh, Jared Cook, if you can afford to sit him, he's definitely a sit right now. My last one, this might take a little bit of convincing, Ben. But it's DeAndre Hopkins against the Panthers. The Panthers have been uh, very stingy uh, defense for the wide receivers so far. Even if they're not playing too well on offense, their defense still has been pretty solid. And you know that the addition of Stephon Gilmore just aids them, you know, even more. And he's going to be shadowing DeAndre Hopkins all game. And that's even if he plays. We we are not sure about it. He's he's been banged up all season. He's got that hamstring injury, and, and he's still got that QB concern as well. We're not going. We're not sure if Kyler Murray's going to be playing either. So. Hopkins coming back off that week off because of the hamstring injury. I'm not too sure if he's worth a start right now. Yeah, Gilmore's been really great as well. So the last two or three weeks too, um, you know, catching some interceptions as well. So I think it is sort of a dangerous matchup for Hopkins if you know he comes back and he's you know matched up with one of the best corners in the league. So, and also Arizona do have a lot of options in terms of who they can you know pass the ball to. You know, Christian Kirk, uh, Ronald Moore. Zach Ertz. So there's there's plenty of guys there for you know Murray if he does play to go share the ball around to as well. Now we've gone through our starts and our sits for week 10 of the NFL fantasy season. What are we looking forward to um, for this week? What are you looking forward to, Ben? So hopefully McCaffrey going guys uh, so getting loose against the card. Yeah, the Cardinals. Um, and so, you know, hopefully, you know, getting back to what we expect from him. You know, obviously yeah. you have the limited minutes. So hopefully he can sort of bounce back and be sort of the uh, Christian McCaffrey of old because Carolina's definitely going to need it. 
And I'm also, um, you know, looking forward to the, the Pats-Browns matchup. We you know both teams are in the hunt for the playoffs. The Browns sort of look like they may have turned the corner last week. But then again, if Chubb's out, you know, it might be a bit uh, premature. Um, but the Pats, they've, they've looked dangerous recently and they're, they're sort of making a push for that, for a playoff spot. So I think this week could be, it could, it could tell us a lot about the two teams. If the Browns can manage to get another win here, um, it would be massive for their season, considering how close the NFC, um, so the AFC North is. And then, especially with the Patriots, if they go get another win against a team like Cleveland, who at the start of the year, you know, you'd probably say that's a game they would lose. Yeah. I think that'd be, that'd be really uh, big to their, their playoff hopes. Belichick yeah. has done an astounding job to get that Patriots team in that playoff in the playoff contention, which has just been fantastic. They've been a, they've had an outstanding season, um, New England and and the Browns. I, th- I think I picked them over the Bengals last week. I said that was going to be an awesome game, and it was. Uh, the Browns with that pick six uh, at the Bengals uh, at their own end zone. Sorry, uh, it was a bloody awesome watch that game, and it was good to see them get the win there. Um, it was a really entertaining one for me going to be interesting to see this Chargers Vikings game there's a couple different storylines heading into it obviously Dalvin Cook is one unfortunately but these these are two teams that have been really just good to watch this week um this year and the Vikings they don't know how to you know win a like win a game by a decent margin it's just been close the entire way through there's every chance this one's going to OT so if you do want to start any of these players um, except for Jared Cook, obviously, then do so because I think there's just going to be free football here. <laughs> so one team's going to get an extra possession in OT because I can't see, I, it's, it's struggled to, to split these two teams right now and they've been a bit up and down, but um, the Chargers there, this is a must win for them, I think. And I think Austin Eckler and, and Justin Herbert will get the job done along with Mike Williams. So I think it will be a really good watch and it will be my game of the week. Yeah, I think it could be a bit of a shootout this game with both teams of defences, not great. And I think it's, kind of funny Vikings versus Chargers because they're sort of two teams that we see you know we've seen a lot of in the sort of recent years they sort of they they blow leads or you know they miss field goals at the end of games so I think it'll be interesting to see which one of them sort of comes out on top all right we're done here for the week 10 preview Ben it's been fantastic for you to join us it's been a fun one just the two of us make sure you follow us at drop punters pod on twitter and the innersanctum.com.au is where you can go for all your fantasy football content We're looking forward to week 10 of the NFL fantasy season and we'll see you on the other side.